vape man really out of control. People have been talking about it on uh, social media, noticing. Now they want to criminalize and put people in jail and mad assets if people are caught with illicit vapes. That's what's next at the state house. That's what they're working on. That's what they passed. Crazy. 617-702-2542 if you want to comment on that or anything else related to cannabis or vaping, especially. But we have a big guest, uh, AJ of AGX, AJ Nichols, trans women and advocate. Yeah. And you've, uh, like, I became aware of you from the Kirk Minahan show. Yes. Which we've talked about recently here. Um, And you, you were on an episode recently. How did that happen, number one? Um, so, make sure I'm not too close to the microphone. Um, so basically, I was, I'm friends with Rich Kelleher, who um, was associated with the show up until a couple weeks ago. And um, he basically told me about the situation with Bob Murchison and that there was talk about an event to discuss transgender um, issues and rights and you know, different things with Bob Murchison for charity. Um, but what, and I checked out some of the episodes where it was being mentioned, that, like how Kirk was talking about it. He seemed obviously like an ally, but what seemed to be missing from that conversation was trans voices. And um, Rich, who has been a fan of Kirk for a long time and a fan of that show, he suggested um, that as a trans advocate myself, um, and I had been doing only local things around my campus. He's, he's like, this is a great connection you can make. I think Kirk could really use your help right now. Um, so we basically uh, rallied the Minna fans together and um, they wanted to hear my story too. And uh, Kirk answered the call and had me on the next day. Awesome, we're just checking out uh, live on the Facebook page. I hope everyone can hear uh, the conversation. It's coming through loud and clear because I just had a nutty about it. It sounds good now. I want to know. Let me know what's going on. Don't, don't tell me four days from now. That's what, that's what pisses me off. Is when people a week later say, oh, did you hear it was crackling? Why didn't you say something? You were watching it live. <laughs> so don't be that person. Don't, because you see it triggers me. I got a great conversation here, a great interview, and I'm, I'm focused on just ridiculous stuff. Something wrong with me today. I don't know. Call me out. Call me out. It's this microphone. I don't know. And the feedback. Uh, AJ of AGX. I'm obviously not that much of a professional, even though we're starting to make money on this show, which is crazy. But uh, we have AJ Nichols here. We're going to focus on that right now. Trans women and advocate. And you're with your mom today. Yes. Your mom is accompanying you. Yes. Yeah. Um, how old are you, if you don't mind? 21. Anymore? 21. Tell us how you got here. Like, what was your, because you're young, like young person, you're an advocate now for, you know, trans advocate, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get here? Like, how, how do you, like, I do a lot of advocacy work on different movements, but it took me a while to get there. Uh, you're 21 years old and you've gone through, you know, an advocate, amazing, but the whole trans process, which most people I don't know enough about. So tell us your story and how you became an advocate. Absolutely. So I, after a lot of years of questioning sexuality, questioning my gender identity, um, starting really uh, middle school, and then it really got serious in high school when I started looking at it as a gender identity issue. 
um, on top of, you know, my sexuality. Um, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Maine where there is not a lot of exposure to LGBT issues, um, where, you know, not a lot is known, there's not a lot of medical help, you know, there's, it just, it wasn't, it's not talked about, you know, it's kind of, if it is talked about, um, you know, before everything started becoming more progressive, it was out of fear or, you know, hot button topics about like, oh, there's transgenders in the bathroom and they're gonna take your kids, you know? So people didn't know a lot of transgender people and couldn't be like, oh, these are human beings. You know, they're just normal people living their lives, you know? So when I came out, my, I came out to myself my junior year of high school, which was um, my 17th birthday. Um, there were maybe one or two kind of covert transgender people at my school. Uh, and it, my school was about 500 people. So, you know, the, this is when the issue started happening politically where the, the bathroom debate was being discussed. You know, there were states like North Carolina trying to like take political and governmental actions against it. Um, and it basically, when I started to come out and transition, I kind of had to educate people and I got very used to doing it. And I got very comfortable um, talking with people who have opposing views as me or who genuinely just are curious to learn more about the transgender experience and what, my, what I've been through. So by the time I got to college and I got a lot more confident in myself, um, it made sense to just keep you know, fighting for awareness and getting that, my story out there. Right. So. That's amazing. Um, have you ever gotten any real negative like pushback that you kind of like just like i can't deal with this i mean because I, I, we you know we look at the statistics about you know trans women mm. the su suicide statistics like off the charts well what, what is that like like what is that i don't know that experience what is that like <laughs> well there's a, a lot of different factors at play that can you know negatively impact um a trans person's life um I think one of the biggest things is if you don't have a supportive family, there are statistics out now where if the parents aren't supportive, there's a 50% chance that by the age of 18, um, a trans child will attempt suicide. Um, so, you know, having supportive parents was one of the biggest things that has gotten me to where I am now because, um, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of exposure. Um, my dad's from the South, he's military. Uh, Baptist Christian, he does. He just didn't know anything about, you know, transgender people. And um, my mom has a gay brother who is very out, and he's kind of an advocate himself. But obviously, that's very different as well. So, so having a supportive family, you know, my family, as they didn't know much, they wanted to help me get resources. They helped me get into, you know, counseling. Um, they connected me with um, the Trans Youth Equality Foundation, which is. Um, the foundation that, you know, kind of helped me get into a uh, medical clinic for hormones and transition medical processes. Um, and I'd say another big factor is religion because um, it's, and I've had experience with this, but it's very hard for people to overcome religious beliefs um, if someone they love ha is going against those with how they want to live 
their life or how right. they how they need to live their life i should say so um you know i i've lost some people in my life because of that you know i can't change everyone's heart i i kind of at the end of the day have to focus on the people who are in my life and That's are right. supporting and a lot of the third thing that i've i've dealt with is not everyone wants to have a positive conversation about it. Not everyone wants to learn. A lot of people out of fear or ignorance, they just want to fight about it. And this is what I started encountering at the end of my high school experience when I came out and um, I was the first person to medically transition in my town. Um, it became a huge community-wide conversation about what bathroom I was going to use, about, um, you know, people who were choosing to change my name and pronouns versus people who weren't. Um, this is your senior year in high school? Senior year in high school, yes. Um, about a couple, about three months before I graduated. So at that point in my life, I was not so much an advocate as I was trying to live and get out of high school. Um, I was also very scared. I was very scared to stand up to people who weren't supportive because I didn't want to cause problems. I just wanted to get out. Right. Like I, I was so scared of using the bathroom that um, when the staff was asking me which bathroom I wanted to use, I basically decided to use the single like lock key lock uh, right. staff bathrooms like because the teacher's bathroom. Exactly. Because I used to be a teacher and I remember that, that those single yeah. lock bathrooms. Because I was like, I'm going to get assaulted in the boys' bathroom and I'm going to get bullied in the girls' bathrooms. Right. So what am I going to do, pee outside? You know, I just, it just, I didn't want to cause problems. And, you know, with people running through the halls yelling my old name and telling me to cut my hair, it's, you know, a little scary. And I didn't, I just kind of wanted to focus on graduating. And But that changed when I got to college as I had been transitioning for a, almost a year at that Where point. Where did this happen? Like what high school, if you don't mind saying, like locally, like? Um, I don't want to get too specific, no, but. Is it Mass or New Hampshire? I'm from Maine. Maine, okay. Like and central so you, Maine. Okay, so in Maine. And you went to college where? Like, do you mind I saying? go to Northeastern University. Northeastern, okay. Yes. So in Boston. Yes, so oh, I live you're here you're a Husky. Now. I'm a Husky. What are you going to school for? Um, my major is, um, Wow, why am I not remembering my major right now? I am a business management um, major. Okay. Um, double concentration in entrepreneurship and marketing and a global fashion studies minor. Oh, wow. That's good for you. I mean, that's that's a good good place to be. Yeah, it's... Um, Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm still freaking out because people are complaining about uh, on our uh, Facebook Live. We have a lot of people watching, but... Of course, they are noting. They are saying it's crackling. Uh, the video is choppy. Is my mic There's okay? Am I too on far the away? Scream, scream okay. still, but it's audible. We gotta get this fixed, Murphy. Like Murphy's looking at me like I never want to do a show with you again. <laughs> I'm like okay, new equipment. I don't know if I yeah. We we need new equipment. Maybe you know this is one thing too. I want to mention. Um, we've been doing shows for a long time, five years now. And we're at a point where support does make a difference. And I think that's what we do. I think we need new equipment. I think I need to calm down and know money's coming. <laughs> because our supporters are starting to step up. And they are starting to uh, throw some money at us. So if you want to support us, if you want to be one of those folks to help us get new equipment, 
send it our way. You can definitely do so on uh, our Substack. It's uh, midnightmass.substack.com. Or you can also do on our anchor.fm slash the young jerks. And I swear to God, you can you tell I'm not acting when I like, calm down. Was no angry earlier. That was not. Was that an actual ages or sadness? That was very. Re- yeah, that was very <laughs> real, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't scripted. I lost my crap. So uh, AJ Nichols, she's a Northeastern University business student. Business major, yes. Business major. Uh, did you say you were a double major too? I'm, I, double uh, concentration. Okay. So under. The business category yep. I have marketing and entrepreneurship as my like focuses of study. Perfect. That's perfect yeah. for you for Thank what you're you. doing. Thank I like you. it. And you, so AJ of AGX, what is AGX? Tell us about that. So AGX is the clothing brand that I started. Um, it's a unisex um, clothing brand, queer media company, where I am making clothes for specifically, you know, kids who are on the gender spectrum. Um, you know, with messaging and a video series all about issues that trans people go through, like gender dysphoria, um, bullying, things like that, and then uh, kind of tying in the clothes as a means of empowerment and wanting to make clothes that make people feel good about themselves, you know, with all of our body issues. You know, I, I wanted to feel cool by making my own clothes that I couldn't find in stores. So it's kind of a... I wanted to see a unisex clothing company that really stand up for the LGBT community, you know, like there's some other ones like the Fluid Project that are really good as well. Um, so this is basically uh, something that I started over the past couple of years um, in high school. I started getting really interested in changing my outward appearance, obviously, but I couldn't always do that medically for a while. So what I did was I started to create clothing that made me feel more comfortable. Sure. So my grandmother, who was a seamstress, she taught me how to sew. Um, I kind of bought my own sewing machine and started making costumes for my school's theater department, um, doing some internships around that, the area. And then um, when I got to college, I actually started taking some fashion classes, learning some you know, professional like design training. Um, I worked with a designer who was on Project Runway and kind of was her apprentice for a few months. Um, kept going and now I'm building, you know, my own collections and my own brand. Awesome. Uh, our phone number is 617-702-2542. We're speaking to AJ Nichols, AJ of AGX. Uh, wow, so what do I call it? What's the short term for AGX? Is it a fashion business? Queer Media and Clothing Brand. Say that again? Queer Media and Clothing Brand. I like that. I'm going to write that down. Queer Media and Global Clothing. Glo- oh, clothing Brand. Clothing Brand. Yeah. See, uh, Murphy t- uh, totally turned off my mic, so now I got headphones on. I can't hear you. <laughs> I mean, not my mic. He didn't turn off my mic. He turned off my headphones, so I don't complain about the buzzing. Oh. Six one seven seven zero two two five four two. He's shaking his head now. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. I, so, anyways, uh, we're talking about vaping today too. Um, I don't know if you heard about this vape ban. Uh, they're gonna put people in jail about vapes now. You're a young person. You have any comment on that? I know you're probably not involved in that, but I'm just wondering if you, uh, as an average young person, as an as a designated average young person, um, I it's all it's all around me, especially in college. Um, I have a lot of my friends who use Juul and Juul pods and were upset when they got banned, and 
but I have, um, I have a friend who actually had his lung collapse. So um, I've kind of been a little fearful and skeptical of, on my own, um, but I don't really judge my friends who do it. Do you think they should be thrown in jail and arrested if they're, or you know, no. had cars seized if they're found with one illegally? No. No, me neither. Because <laughs> I know people like can buy them, you know, from right. different overseas markets. Right. And, I mean, I'm not advising anyone to do that. We'll take a phone call. I don't think anyone should. Uh, I'm not advising people, but I don't want to pe see people thrown in jail over it and have their lives ruined. We'll see. Yeah, we have someone on the phone. Who's on the phone? Hey, Mike. It's Grant. How are you doing? Uh, good. I can barely hear you, uh, but I'm sure our audience can hear you fine. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about the fact that you can't hear me. I just wanted to first say that the conversation's perfectly audible on the uh, stream. It sounds good now. Really yeah, it's been really So I'm having a tantrum, and it sounds fine now. <laughs> but, oh, oh, well, see, there it goes again. Uh, I got to ask, did it get better after I had my tantrum? Um, yeah, and it wasn't that uh, it was ever bad in the first let, place. Geez, I, I wonder why I had a tantrum. <laughs> now it's echoing again. I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Grant. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to let you talk. Cause... No, no worries, Mike. I just was letting you guys know that uh, the conversation you were having was uh, clear and it was really interesting. And I wanted to thank AJ for sharing her story because it's not only really uh, important, but it was conveyed in a way that was relatable for someone like myself just learning about the issue. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you so much. And thank you, Grant, for saving my butt here. It makes me feel better. I swear to God that we got good content from, you know, with AJ because I, I don't like wasted time, you know, and I have AJ here and thank you for letting me know. Yep. I can chill out. Of course. And I actually did have one question because the, the, the issue I've been watching in the news over the past year is the um, is a policy by the International Association of Athletics, which seems really discriminatory. Um, and what they do is they set hormone limits on female athletes in competition. So I was just wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about why those kind of hormone limits are exclusionary and discriminatory towards trans athletes. Of course. Um, so basically the whole premise of having those hormone limits is for a certain amount of change to happen to a person's body to um, kind of have them transition into that gender or like the sex, the, the physical characteristics of the sex that they're trying to um, visualize, if that makes sense. So for me as a trans woman, if I was competing in high school athletics and that kind of um, policy was in effect, um, I would probably have to say be on estrogen for about a year, which uh, specifically with estrogen, it decreases muscle mass. So it would decrease my muscle mass to that of like a cisgender normal female. So that I guess people would think it would be more fair <laughs> for me to compete with biological like born women. Um, and I think it's discriminatory because um, like sports for a lot of kids is an outlet, you know, with everything that's going on and especially trans people's lives and in, in school, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for professional athletics. Um, 
that could be like their saving grace is having a supportive coach and a supportive team. And, you know, it's already scary enough. I, that's why I, I left sports my junior year because I didn't want to have to deal with locker rooms. Oh, or which, what, what, what sports did you play? I played baseball, basketball, soccer. Oh, and then you could just decide not to because you knew it would be a big issue. Yeah. See, I, I think people need to hear that because I'm an athlete and that crushes me. Like that makes, yeah. that breaks my heart. Like, you know, like I missed the season because of bullying <laughs> when I was a sophomore. I was like, I'm not going through what I went through my freshman year. That's the truth. I'm one of my sports. I'm not going to name which one and all that. But uh, it sucks. Like, I hate that. That's terrible. I was, I mean, there were some people who found out I was gay because I was gay through high school and I was, I was bullied um, by some t teammates and a coach, you know, so I just, it didn't set me up in a place where I felt comfortable. And because I was going to be the first one to have to go through, um, I would have to go through like, I think it's like the main college or association of athletics, or you know what I mean? I would have to go through and like change all those policies myself. Right. And I just, it's a lot. I was, uh, I, was too, kid too. I was too scared, so I kind of backed out. And you're not scared now. I'm glad you're talking about <laughs> that, AJ. I love you right now. You're Thank you. amazing. Um, I only listened to a little bit of the Kirk Midday, and I wanted just to you know, have our conversation, but um, it's pretty cool you went on there, too, I think. Um, uh, Grant, you're still there, right? No, we lost Grant? Okay. Th well, maybe he's here. Thank you, Grant, for calling. That was a very good call. Good question. Good conversation. He he started, um, and thank you for calming me down, Grant. <laughs> I want I want to ask Grant one more question. He likes seeing me flip out on here live. He watches it like you know, different. I don't think I usually flip out, but this week I did. Um, but anyways, we'll cut that out of the podcast. Probably we'll just go with uh, when AJ starts discuss. You know, when I calm down a little bit. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, there's more things here to throw. It's content. It is content. I'm sure some enemies might clip that out. That's that's probably what will happen <laughs> with that content. But um, anyways, I don't care. I'm I'm doing good. I don't give a crap about it, what anyone does. We're just well, all we care about is this show. Um, again, Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. We're gonna talk to uh, Jeff from Brennan's Smoke Shop later, just in a little bit about vaporizers and what's going on and and how they're basically ruining his business. Uh, the state of Massachusetts. They've been at war with his business for decades. And we're playing a bunch of ads today as well. But right now we're still with AJ of AJ, of AGX, AJ Nichols. Uh, she's a trans woman and advocate. She's also a, a student at uh, Northeastern University major in Boston. You know where that is, the Huskies. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a business major, right? Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to have you. When you went on, you know, I'm, I'm going back to Kirk Minahan because we, you know, we kind of had a feud with Kirk Minahan, a one-sided feud. You know, he doesn't mention us much, but a couple times. But uh, mostly like one of the, a sidekick we had on the show who's not really part of the show anymore. And um, I kind of buried the whole thing because I started seeing this Bob Murchison stuff and realizing, you know, kind of it just didn't make sense to me that one person, there was no organization behind him. Um, even when I spoke up and, and mentioned that, I got no negative feedback from my left or liberal side that, you know, is most of our audience. Uh, I only got love from the Minute fans. Mm -hmm. um, like, have you gotten any negative, like, feedback from LGBTQ 
any trans advocates for going on Kirk Minahan's show? Because, you know, normally you would think that because they're kind of Republican, they're kind of libertarian, they're kind of... Surprisingly, no. Um, I mean, a lot of... I think a lot of my friends who are in the com in the queer community were a little like, oh, you're going on Barstool? Yeah. You know, because they're... And I even had this perception before I got to know Kirk in the show. And, um, you know, I was afraid that... I would be stepping into some, you know, misogynistic or homophobic waters. I didn't really know much about Barstool. And then Rich, who um, was working with me at the time about it, he was like, I I'm here to change your mind. He's like, Kirk's show in Barstool, they raised 78 grand for the Pulse, you know, Orlando shooting victims um, a couple years ago after that happened. And they we're already like Kirk has already started pledging money for a trans charity that Barstool will, I guess, match. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> and then I, you know, listened to some of Kirk's clips that you've played on the show before about um, how he feels about the Bob Murchison situation and how he wants to have those conversations. And um, it kind of solidified in my mind that they are an ally. And, um, so I kind of explained that I took that back to the queer community um, and they were like, okay, well, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to speak about transgender issues to people who don't really know or who don't know trans people in their lives. So um, I see it as only a positive, ex like a positive opportunity to be able to educate people and bring awareness to these issues and, you know, good charities like Trans Youth Equality Foundation. Um, but I think, part of the reason why the queer community is still apprehensive is I don't think they understand where um, this kind of Bob Murchison Kirk situation is coming out of and how it relates to the community. So I was wondering if you could um, give me a little bit of backstory. Me? You know, I don't, I, I don't want to even try to go there because me, <laughs> I'll screw it up. Like, I don't know enough. Like what I do know is Kirk has been controversial at times. Like, you know, there was a, a writer for a new, you know, a publication I write for that wrote a story about their station and him uh, about some of the past comments and they went after her and some of the, and I'm not sure if it was actually Kirk or Callahan because, mm -hmm. you know, so even there, I don't have all my facts cor correct and I'll freely admit that, but they were, you know, they were calling her stuff like hairy legs and, you know, stuff like that. I didn't like, but that's what I don't like, like, I, I don't think I should be the censor of anyone, especially when they're just on the internet at this point. Um, but, you know, I think um, the thing that bothers me about Murchison is there's no group behind him. It'd be one thing if, like, the, the queer or the trans community was saying, this guy's, you know, what organization is doing that? Like, is there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, if you say something bad about Muslims, there's a group in Boston that I know who are great people who are going to call it out. Like if you're a politician and there's lots of queer groups and gay groups that fight for people's rights. And I don't see that. All I see is Bob Murchison. So, and my big thing too is like, I think Kirk was more edgy and I think the, this whole thing has kind of changed him. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe some people will say Kirk's always been that the same way, but I think Kirk really wants to do the right thing on this. And I and that's where I see it. And I'm like, even if Bob was right at one point, I'm an activist. When when someone is wrong and we campaign against them 
and they change their views and opinions and they want to do the right thing now and have a conversation and raise money it's time to say okay let's have a meeting let's let's work it out but bob's not doing that and that's where i'm like bob fails and that's you know i'm not here to judge whether kirk has ever said anything wrong against the trans community i'm sure he has i'm sure he might have said something you know he had he did a lot of shows you know and it's yeah. and it's that's talk radio is hot radio like there's a reason why it's edgy i'm sure that they could find stuff on howard stern that he said that was beyond the line but do i think howard stern hates you know i, I it's it's your opinion that's that's where it comes down for me yeah i feel very similarly um and i don't if people are familiar with the most recent episode of the Kirk show that came out on Friday, um, they had a parent of a transgender girl on and um, there was additional conversation where Kirk said, I don't know everything that I've said in the past, you know, but he's here now. He's willing to step up and be right. an ally. He's willing. He comes from a place of genuinely wanting to learn because he is afraid he's going to say the wrong thing and he you know, doesn't have a lot of personal experience. Our public hearing for the vape ban will be held the Friday prior to Thanksgiving. When is it? We know they don't want you to Where show up. That, my friends, is precisely one more reason why you should show up. Tell us again. There is a compromise. Restrict sales of vaping products to 21 plus stores only. Tax it lucratively and stop the mail order from pouring into our state. Untaxed, unregulated. Let adults Adulting. be adults. Adult it's common sense for the Commonwealth. Brennan Smoke Shop, Plymouth, Pembroke, Brockton, Wayham, Raynham, Taunton, Stoughton, New Bedford. Looking to promote and advertise your brand, product, your cannabis business, or even a political campaign locally in Massachusetts? Consider the Young Jerks. We have a weekly live streaming show and a podcast that reaches thousands of people every single week in Massachusetts. And a lot of them are the top tastemakers and policy makers in cannabis in Massachusetts, from CEOs to bud tenders to politicians to elected leaders. That's our audience. If you're lo looking to reach that audience, Michael C underscore 100 at hotmail.com.